Parshas Devarim, Pursuit of Happiness. It may be a surprise for you to hear that the happiest time in the history of our people was the 40 years that they spent in the Midbar Sinai. It's a true statement you're hearing now, but in order to appreciate what it means, we're going to have to study a Pasuk in this week's Parsha. In Perak Base, Pasuk Zion, the Am Yisrael's journey in the wilderness is described by HaKadosh Baruch Hu as follows. Ki Hashem Elokecha Berachecha Bechol Maaseyadecha Hashem blessed you in everything that you did. Yada lechtecha et hamidbar hagadol hazeh. He paid attention and supervised your walking in this great wilderness. Ze arbaim shana. These forty years. Hashem elokecha imach. Hashem was with you. Lo chasarta davar. And you didn't lack a thing. Now that's a statement that should give one pause. We're being told in the name of Hashem that for 40 years in the wilderness, the Am Yisrael lacked nothing. Lacked nothing? Now, how are we supposed to reconcile that with what we know? Every little base Yaakov girl knows what happened in the Midbar. We see many times that the Bnei Yisrael cried out and complained. Miyachilenu basar. What about some meat? They said to each other. Don't you remember the good times we had in Mitzrayim? We remember the fish that we ate there. And it was chinam. Even the slaves got fish for free. Free of charge. Anybody who wanted could go to the Nile, cast in a hook or a net and catch a fat fish. A Nile perch can weigh 200 pounds. That's a lot of healthy protein for a big family. They were missing vegetables too. Et hakishuim vetavatihim. We ate cucumbers and melons. Vet hechatzir, vet habitzalim, vet hashumim. And all kinds of spinach and onions and garlic to add taste and spice to the food. And now, ain kol. We have nothing. Bilti et haman enenu. Nothing but man. That's all we can look forward to every day, one day after the next. Nothing but man. 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 And it wasn't only the lack of meat and onions. Chosarta, lacking, was the overriding feature of their entire stay in the Midbar. For 40 years, they were very limited. They didn't have large homes. They didn't have any homes at all. They lived in tents. They had no air conditioning, no indoor plumbing, and no phones either. What did they have? And so we wouldn't be wrong if we would ask, how could Hashem say that we lacked nothing in the Midbar. They lacked everything. Had we been there, we wouldn't have been satisfied at all. And the truth is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu admitted as much himself. You should remember the whole journey that I led you 40 years in the wilderness. Now pay attention to the next words. Leman anotecha. Why did I lead you for 40 years in the wilderness? In order to afflict you. So on one hand, Hashem tells us to remember the 40 years when we lacked nothing at all. And then we hear that he kept us in the Midbar for 40 years in order to afflict us. It's a big question. Now I don't claim to be able to explain everything, but the truth is as follows. What does it mean to afflict you? 
Does it mean that Hashem kept us in the wilderness in order to make us sad? No, Hashem doesn't want us to be unhappy. Just the opposite. Hashem likes happy Jews, but happiness is not something you're born with. Like people think that some people are naturally happy people, while the rest of us will never be that lucky. No, happiness is a science that can be studied. And just because of that, just because Hashem wanted to teach the Am Yisrael how to be happy in this world, that's why we spent 40 years in the Midbar. It was a 40-year stay in university, Lahavdil. Dedicated to the study of happiness. Every day in the Midbar was intended to be a training of the mind in understanding that lo chasarta davar, that we have everything. Indeed, the Am Yisrael lacked many pleasures and conveniences. For 40 years, they lived in tents and ate one type of food. They didn't go shopping. They wore the same garments for 40 years. There was no ice skating or bowling, no Broadway plays to go to. Of course, they lacked, but for 40 years they were being taught that lack of comforts is a lack of nothing. Now I'm not going to tell you that it was an easy lesson to learn. Certainly not. Not only children, but even many righteous people were dissatisfied in the beginning. But Hashem was insistent that the Am Yisrael learn this lesson. And therefore for 40 years the Am Yisrael lived lives of simplicity. And they learned how to appreciate the happiness of such lives. They were being trained not to hark after extraneous things. They had no choice. That was the plan of Hashem. They were going to live for 40 years with all the food they needed. A place to live and clothing and peace. And that's all. That's why the most important class in that yeshiva of happiness was Laman Anoscha. You'll be afflicted by the lack of things that you don't need. You lacked nothing means that you lacked nothing that the Torah mind should desire. They learned to be happy in the Midbar with all the happiness of life without needing more without needing extras and luxuries, because that's really the answer to all of our problems. To learn how to be samech bechelko. Happiness in this world depends on having a proper frame of mind. It's like putting on a pair of rosy-colored glasses, and everything that you see in this world becomes rosy. But if you put on smoked glasses, then it's a dark, gloomy world. So you have a world that is according to the color of the glasses with which you look. If you learn to look at the world the way Hashem looks at the world, and Hashem looked at everything he made and he said, it's tov me'od, it's a very good world, then you're going to be happy in Olam Hazeh. There's no question that this world is going to be transformed into a place of happiness for you. You could be walking in the street without a penny in your pocket and you have nothing to boast of. You're not a famous man, you're not rich, but you'll rejoice in your wealth anyhow. How lucky am I that Hashem is giving me my daily bread? That's actually how we're supposed to think. You could be full of joy because you have what to eat. It's nourishing and tasty and it's keeping you healthy. You don't need anything more than that. There was a time when mankind was grateful for his daily bread. Not long ago, they didn't have too much of it. And whenever there was food available, that was happiness. I spoke to old-time Jews when I was in Europe many years ago, and they related to me stories of their youth. 
Your great-grandparents, when they were still in Europe, learned to be happy with the morsel of bread that was given to them by their mother. Sometimes when they asked for another piece of bread, the mother said she couldn't give it, and they learned to savor every bite. Bread made them happy. You know that more suicides take place in the homes of rich people than poor people. The rich people jump off the roofs, not poor people. The poor people have been trained to be satisfied when they get something. They're very happy with a piece of bread. The truth is that what the Torah is constantly promising you, that's what's going to be your reward for all of your good deeds. The Torah says, Ed mitzvotai tishmeru. If you're going to keep my laws, Vachaltem lachmichem lasova. Then you'll eat your bread to satisfaction. You'll have enough to eat. Enough to eat. That's called happiness. All the Americans will get up in a revolution. No, we want television sets. We want cars. We want vacations. We have to have special subsidies from the government just to have enough to eat. That's how you reduce us to the lowest level of life. And that's because people never learned what happiness really is. Open the New York Times and you'll see there's long articles about wine. Long pieces about expensive wines to drink and restaurants you can go to. Kaluga caviar and imported cigars. The New York Times will say that that's life. But these are the Mishugaim. They're not happy. They're not getting anything out of life. The people who write those things are not happy people. If they were happy, they wouldn't be thinking about such things. They're looking for good times because they never learned how to be happy with what they have. That was the great lesson of Lo Chosarta Davar that the Am Yisrael learned in the Midbar. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to teach us when he afflicted us with lives of happy simplicity that we're not lacking anything at all. Of course, to acquire an attitude like that takes time. But anyone who wants can utilize this great lesson and learn the great science of becoming a happy person by means of appreciating what he possesses right now. I say science because it needs to be studied. It's the science of understanding how fortunate we really are. And that was one of the most important purposes of our stay in the Midbar. To appreciate the happiness of life without all of the superfluities. We have to know that never in history did the people have all their needs supplied like they had in that camp. Nobody was being evicted from their tents in the Midbar. Every person had a place to sleep. And because there was no suburbs and bigger houses to hark after, this was it. And therefore they learned to enjoy the happiness of their tents. It's a big happiness. How lucky we are to have a home, a place to sleep. Ah, what a bracha a home is. Now I know that people outside will say that this is silly talk. That's always how it is. For Mishugayim, everything is silly. So let them be Mishuga and we'll be happy. We'll live happy lives just because we have homes. Don't you see sometimes those homeless women on the street pushing a shopping cart? You see that and your heart breaks for her. All her possessions are in that little shopping cart. She has nothing else. She has no bathroom, no kitchen, no place to go even at night. She sits down in one of the little parks in the wintertime and tries to catch a nap. She's freezing, but she's trying to sleep. 
If somebody would let her rest in the vestibule of their home, it would be the greatest happiness for her. She'd be sugar with joy. And if in addition to that, she could have a piece of soap and a faucet to wash her face and hands, ooh, that would already be Gan Eden for her. That's what we learned in the Midbar for 40 years, that we have Gan Eden in our lives. We're not lacking anything. We have a thousand and one things that should make us happier than that poor woman sleeping on the bench on Ocean Parkway. And we don't even have to be satisfied with tents. We live in mansions compared to what the Amisrol had in the Midbar. We're living in the lap of luxury and we're expected to study that. Now you can't just say, tomorrow morning I'll put on rosy colored glasses and I'll be happy then. That's like saying nothing at all. Like an important subject, it takes effort on your part. You have to constantly remind yourself about what you have. Like David says in Tehillim, Bar chinav Hashem. My soul, bless Hashem. Ve'al tishkichi kol gimulav. And don't forget all that he bestowed upon you. David was constantly reminding himself about what Hashem had provided to him. For us, that's hard to understand. Because what was he thanking for already? He didn't have a new automobile or a home that was air-conditioned. David didn't have a telephone or a refrigerator in his house. So what was David so happy about? He was grateful that over his head there was a roof. He was so grateful that he had a place to lie down at night and sleep. And when he woke up in the morning and got dressed, he became even happier person because he was thinking now about his clothing. And he was so grateful for that too. David learned all of this because he studied the 40 years in the Midbar. In the Midbar, everybody was happy with their clothing. Simlatecha lo balta mealecha. Their garments never wore out. They didn't have to go to the store to buy a new suit every year. It was the same suit for 40 years. The fun of going shopping they didn't have, so they learned to appreciate the clothing that they did have. When people are interested in clothing only because of changing, always buying new things, always the styles, so they won't find happiness in the clothing that they have already. In the Midbar, they learn the happiness of wearing the same garments all 40 years. I have a clean shirt and pants, clean underwear. What a simcha it is to have clean clothing. Did you ever walk in the Bowery? You see a fellow. You can't even walk near him because his clothes are loaded with the fragrance of his feces and his urine. He hasn't washed his clothes for months. They are ridden with lice. I saw it at the Bowery. Not only I saw it, I smelled it. Trust me. If you have clean clothing, you have very much to be happy about. Who cares about styles? You're not lacking a thing. Even if you have an old suit, maybe you have holes in your sleeves. It doesn't make any difference. You're clothed, and therefore you should learn to enjoy even your poor suit. And it's not just one thing. Just to mumble something in the morning about Malbi Sharumim, he clothes the naked, and that's it. I'm sorry to say, many people say Malbi Sharumim and don't even stop to think about it for one second. And even if you thought about what you were saying, you're going to putter yourself with a wholesale bracha that includes many things. Each beged is a blessing in itself. You have to study the fact that you wear different items of clothing. Every item is important and must be studied. Otherwise, you cannot feel the proper gratitude. Your shirt 
is one happiness. Your pants are another happiness. And your socks are a different happiness altogether. Not only each article of clothing, every detail is a blessing. You have to enjoy every detail of what you're wearing. How good buttons are. Baruch Hashem. I have buttons. Buttons are a luxury. It's a luxury they didn't have in the time of the Midbar. They had little stones. You scrunched up a stone on this side in the cloth over here. And you pushed it through a hole over here. It was difficult. And when you went to sleep, you had to put the stone down on the side. Sometimes it fell on the floor and you had to crawl on the floor to look for that stone. But now you have buttons sewn onto the suit. You never have to look for them. Baruch Hashem. I have buttonholes. Look at the buttonhole. You see there's a rim sewed around the buttonhole. It's real stitching. You couldn't do that yourself. It's a professional job. If you didn't have that stitching around the buttonhole, every day the hole would get bigger and bigger. You never stop to think about buttonholes? Yes. Why not? My Rebbe told me that. He said you have to thank Hashem for buttonholes. Baruch Hashem. I heard that from him about 70 years ago. I heard that. And I didn't forget it. How good pockets are. I have the luxury of having pockets. You know, ladies don't have pockets. That's why I always say that you make the bracha Shalom Asani Isha in the morning because women don't have pockets. Men have pockets. Aren't pockets a big convenience? Don't think it's a joke. Suppose they made pants without pockets. There's no place to put anything. Everything you'd have to carry in your hands. You never stopped for a half a minute to be happy with pockets? Of course, people will say it's ridiculous. People will laugh at that. But that's because they're blind. That's why they're not happy in this world. You'll have to spend time studying your belt too. Enjoy your belt. Enjoy the fact that you have holes in your belt. One hole for before supper, one hole for after. That's a luxury. Imagine that your belt didn't have any holes. You have to think about all these things. There are hundreds of such details. That's what David did all the days of his life. He was happy with what he had. He was happy because he had two kidneys and because he had two eyes. He didn't lump it all together. He sang to Hashem for all of his limbs. He was amazed by the creation of a heart. Such a pump that day and night it pumps without stop for so many tens of years. Every detail made him a happier person. His lungs, his nerves, the antibodies that travel through the body and destroy germs. When David studied the story of the Am Yisrael in the Midbar, he understood the lesson that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was teaching. Even for his feet, he learned to be grateful. They did a lot of walking in the wilderness. And Viraglecha, Lo Batsaka, and your feet did not swell for 40 years. Ah, what a simcha. Feet that don't hurt. Feet that don't creak. It's a good idea sometimes just to look at your feet as you're walking as if you never saw them before. Study them as they twist and turn and bend. It's a pleasure to see how well they function. And all the joints are lubricated. The knees are bending effortlessly. It's lubricated by the ankles too and by the toes. You can make an experiment and see if it's lubricated. Make motions with your knees, with your thighs, with your ankles. Everybody here, 
just for practice. Let's do that right now. Bend your knees, everyone. I won't look at you to see if you're doing it or not, but do it anyhow. Do you hear any creaking, any sounds of bones rubbing against bone? It's perfectly lubricated. Imagine a man who is full of joy that he has joints, especially if it doesn't hurt. You have no arthritis. Suppose you're young enough and you can move your joints without any sensation of pain. You know what a luxury that is? People who live with this fundamental approach that happiness is in the things they already have. Those are the happy people. I'll tell you something else they learn to appreciate in the Midbar. Yada, lechtecha et hamidbar hagadol Hashem paid attention and supervised your walking in this great wilderness. They didn't only walk without pain in the Midbar. They walked in security. The Ananei covered were overhead and never in history were they as safe as they were in that camp. And they were expected to find happiness in that security. Happiness in Shalom. Just the fact that nothing has happened is in itself a very great blessing. You people don't know what a pleasure it is not to have to worry about invading armies coming through your city. In Russia and Poland for many years, armies flowed back and forth. One day, this army occupied the city. The next day, the other army occupied the city. People were being strung up, being hung up as punishment every single day in the city. Executions every day in the city. Life was hanging by a thread. I'm not talking about the Nazis. When the Nazis came, it was the real Malach Amaves. But even before the Nazis, when World War I waged for years, the landscape was flooded with dangers and there was no such thing as security. People yearned just for peace. Learn to enjoy the absence of war, the absence of insurrection, of rioting. That's the way a wise person studies the world and lives with true happiness. So when you're walking in the street in the summertime and you're perspiring and you're thinking maybe of some cool place you'd like to be in Maine or some other place, remember these words. Lo chasarta davar. You're not lacking anything. Think of the peace you're enjoying right now. Savor it. You're not famished by hunger. You're not bothered with war. You have it nice and quiet. The regular routine of life is a very great happiness, and the Am Yisrael learned to be happy with that. You slept last night? You can lie down in your bed at night, and nobody is disturbing you? That's the happiness that Hashem wants you to enjoy. And you will lie down, and nobody will disturb your sleep. At night, the secret police won't come banging on your door. I was in Lithuania once. In the middle of the night, the police came banging at the door. Somebody was staying with us in our apartment. He was a foreigner, and he was staying overnight. At half past twelve, there was a pounding at the door. The police were banging on the door, looking for him. Open the door immediately. They don't need a warrant in Lithuania. They bang down the door and pull you out of bed. But here in America, you could sleep in bed, and nobody bothers you. That's a happiness. You can sleep in peace. Bands of soldiers are not roaming the streets. Drunken bums are not banging on your door. Of course, today, you must secure your windows at night because the liberals have wreaked havoc upon us. 
but let's say you have enough bars on your windows, then ushchavtem ve'ein macharit, you could fall asleep without being terror stricken. In the midbar, the Am Yisrael learned the happiness of shalom, the happiness of daily routine. It was forty years. That's a long time. Forty years of routine. They woke up. They did what had to be done, and they went to sleep. No trouble, no excitement. Baruch Hashem, everything is normal. Now try to go outside today and convince somebody that he should be happy with the regular routine of his life. That's what Shalom is after all. And he'll look at you like you fell off the moon. No, he says, I want some fun. I think I should get in my car and travel someplace. So he sits in the car all day long, holding the steering wheel. He's tense. He can't rest. And he's smelling the gasoline fumes of a thousand cars ahead of him. Does it enter his mind that maybe he would have been better off sitting on the porch in front of his house or inside of his dining room? No. The happiness of Shalom is not good enough for him. He has to go to the bowling alley. You know, there's nothing natural about wanting to go bowling. I'm much older than you. And still, I never desired to go bowling. Only that when a person is too lazy to find happiness in his own life, the way that Hashem intended. So he fans the flames of lust. Give us meat. Give us a bowling alley. But all these things are meaningless compared to the happiness of Venatati Shalom Ba'aretz. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm going to give you peace in the land. You hear that? HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't promise you good times. He doesn't promise you restaurants and basketball games. He should have promised us good times. It should have said, I will give you money so you can travel and eat out at restaurants. I'll give you all types of luxuries. No, it doesn't say that. All that Hashem promises is that He'll give you enough to eat and He'll give you peace. In the land. Many people get nervous when they hear that. That's all? That's happiness? That's boring. It's monotonous. That's called life? Yes, indeed. Shalom means that it's monotonous. Nothing exciting. You're going to live all your life without excitement. No ambulances will come to your house. No fire engines will come to your house. Your daughter is not calling you in the middle of the night to tell you she's having trouble with her husband. That's a simcha rabba. It will be nice and quiet all your life. That's a happiness. If you can live quietly, that's the greatest happiness in life. You can go to sleep tonight and appreciate the gift of peace that Hashem is giving to you. And you'll fall asleep a joyous man with feelings of happy gratitude to Hashem. Now, once we realize that our entire journey in the Midbar was for the purpose of learning how to be happy with what we have, we can better understand the purpose of the man. It says in Bamidbar, Vayi'ancha, he afflicted you. Vayarivecha, and he made you hungry. It was a simple diet in the Midbar. A very limited menu. For breakfast and supper, it was man. Always man. Now we understand that they weren't hungry in the Midbar. They never went hungry. The man supplied all their needs. All vitamins and nutrients they needed were in the man. And it was filling too. Only that Vayachilcha es haman. Hashem gave them the man to eat. Asher lo yadata. 
that they never knew before. It was an unusual form of food. They got everything they needed from the man, but they didn't feel like they were eating. It wasn't the eating they were used to. There was no variety of textures and tastes and flavors. So if you had a good imagination and you were able to be mechadesh in your thoughts, that you're eating cherries and you're eating fried mutton, so you think of all kinds of good tastes, and Akadosh Baruch Hu sees you're working hard, so he rewards your imagination, and you feel something like those tastes. But suppose it's too hard to think about such things. Let's say you're not interested in thinking so much in order to have a tasty meal. So you're faced by Lashad Hashemen and Sapichis Bidvash. Every day the same thing. Sapichis Bidvash and Lashad Hashemen. Two different tastes. One was Sapichis Bidvash. If you like something sweet. The second taste was something that felt more substantial. You fried it and it became Ta'amo Kilishad. Hashemen, like fat latkes. That's all right, but not every day. Latkes every day? A ganz yorchanaka? They would like to sit down to eat some real meat, a red steak, some wheat bread, but day after day to eat something that just your mind is telling you tastes good? Now that's very difficult. So what happened? Some people became bored with the man, and they imagined they were hungry. They became hungry. Hungry for extra things. Lo chasarta davar. They lack nothing, but they felt that they needed more. It's like today, you have a person who has plenty to eat. His refrigerator and pantry are full, but he wants something special. He wants to take out, or a restaurant maybe. Now the truth is that your own kitchen is a thousand times better than a restaurant. Restaurants, not only do they cost money, but the waiters touch the food with their hands. And you're eating from their dirty fingers. He wipes his nose, and then he touches your food. That's the truth. Behind closed doors, that's the truth. When he brings you the food, there are all types of germs sticking to your food. But still, the imagination runs wild, and you think you're hungry for a restaurant. Why eating out? Who needs it? You have plenty to eat in. It's just the mishugas of dissatisfaction, of always looking for something else, for something more than what you need. That's the weakness of mankind, the insanity of unhappiness. Now, in the Midbar, they weren't that foolish. Nobody would think of such a thing, to pay good money to eat in a restaurant. But they wanted some cake, maybe, some halava. The truth is, they didn't even want that. That much, they weren't looking for. All they wanted is knubel. They wanted some garlic, some onions too. That's a very poor and modest demand. It doesn't seem so terrible to us if a tzaddik would want a piece of garlic or some onions in his soup. What of it? The truth is, there's nothing wrong. Only that we're expected to learn that it's not necessity to afflict you means to teach you how to get along without unnecessary pleasures. We were trained in the Midbar to be happy with what we have, to be full of joy with the simple pleasures of life. And that's why Shlomo Melech said the following. Pay attention, because you have to hear this very well. Ein tov la'adam tachat Hashemesh. There is nothing good for a man under the sun. That means in this world. Ki'im le'echol v'lishtot v'lismoach. Except to eat and drink and be merry. Koheles. 
Isn't it a pity that people read these pesukim and all they see are the drushes? Drushes are very good, but ain mikra yoitze miyede pishuto. The greatest secrets of the Torah are on the surface. And here we have such an important secret, and yet it's so frequently ignored. The secret is that Hashem wants you to enjoy what you eat. It doesn't mean that you should go out and look for more eating. That's not going to make you enjoy it. The secret of happiness is right there in your own home, in your own refrigerator and food pantry. That's what the man is telling us. When you eat a little breakfast, be happy with it. You had an egg. Ooh, an egg. Isn't that a great happiness? An egg is a wonderful item of food, a wonderful contrivance of Hashem. It's nourishing, and it has a flavor too. The yolk flavors it, and you can eat it quickly. It doesn't take much time to eat it and digest it quickly in your stomach. And it's not too expensive either. And so if you're willing to le'echol v'leshtot v'lesmoach, you'll really enjoy that little breakfast of yours. Did you ever try to enjoy a piece of bread? Take a piece of bread without anything else on it and start chewing it. And learn how to enjoy it. Aha! Is this good? I'm sinking my teeth into a piece of bread. And I'm chewing with gusto. It's mamish fun. Now, you tzaddikim who are only thinking about Oilam Haba. So you're going to poo-poo this talk. You'll say, we didn't come here to hear such gashmias. We want to hear about other things. Spiritual things. It's the Torah, however. I have to tell you what the Torah says. What else can I do? What can I do if you're sitting there at the breakfast table like an ox? I don't want to say like an ox, because an ox does enjoy his hay. An ox has enough sense at least to be happy with his hay. You see that while he's eating his hay, his saliva is drooling. Did you ever stop on the side of a road and watch a cow eating hay? The saliva is pouring out of its mouth. He's enjoying his luscious food. He really enjoys it. But you're worse than a behemoth. You're sitting and eating a good piece of bread and you're not appreciating it. So you have to learn how to enjoy the fact that you ate a meal. You walk away from the meal and you're full. So you should say, ah, I'm happy. I'm a happy man. And that's a remarkable thing. And people will say, you are a lunatic. But the truth is that they are the crazy ones. And you're the only sane man. And let's say, even if you're a lonely bachelor, so you go home and your refrigerator is almost empty, but you have a couple of boxes of matzahs. No, you have a little salt. And you have plenty of water from the sink. It says in the Mishnah, This is the way of the Torah. You eat a piece of bread dipped into some salt. And you drink water with only a little measure, not much water. And you sleep on the ground. Now the truth is, you don't sleep on the ground, you sleep on a bed. And you probably even have a mattress and a pillow as well. And you have plenty to eat. All the bread that you want, and all the water that you want. You have to eat breakfast, and you have to eat supper, and maybe lunch too. Why not? You should eat lunch, and you should enjoy it. If you'll eat that simple meal from your pantry, and you drink those simple drinks that you have in your fridge, and you'll enjoy it. 
then you're a servant of Hashem. To eat and drink and be happy with it. You'll be able to eat bread with salt. And you'll drink a little cup of water. And you'll be so happy that you'll be You'll be happy in this world. And not only will you be fulfilling your function in life of being happy with all the things that Hashem is giving you all the time. But Shlomo HaMelech says even more than that. And that happiness will accompany you in your toil all the days of your life. What does that mean? It will accompany you in your toil. It means you need that happiness. You must learn how to be happy with the simple things because there is going to be a lot of amal, a lot of trouble in life. There's hard work. There are ups and downs. Sometimes there's even a tragedy in a family, Khalila. All kinds of things happen in the world. But when your mind is fortified with the vitamins of happiness, happiness with your water and your bread and the roof over your head, happiness with your joints and shalom ba'aretz, happiness with the fact your heart was pumping in your chest the whole night while you slept and you didn't have to call an ambulance, that's when you're ready to face the world. When a man is fortified, with all of these forms of happiness and all the other thousands of happinesses in his simple and mundane life, then he is able to ride out the storms of life. Otherwise, many people are knocked off kilter. They're knocked over. And when you get knocked over emotionally, often it affects your physical health as well. People develop tumors on the brain. They develop tumors on the intestines. They develop, I don't want to say that bad word that happens to people, a certain cell starts becoming wild and overacting and it starts spreading through the body. Sometimes bad things happen as a result of not being prepared for the eventualities of life. Life is full of things that require the vaccine of happiness. Now isn't it a pity if you listen to these words and the effect will be there for an hour or two hours and then you'll go back to the old habit of ignoring the wealth that you have? Life passes by and you don't even enjoy what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted you to enjoy. It's a shame that people hear words and they have the opportunity to open up the gates of a lifetime of happiness. And they move on in life, ignoring that great opportunity. If people would know how to live properly, and by properly I mean happily, they would live with moderation. They would eat what they have to eat. And they would drink what they have to drink. And they would enjoy it so much that their lives would be overflowing with happiness and satisfaction. It would be a life of low chasarta davar. And once you're prepared, once you're fortified and armed with simcha, you're able to face life. V'hu yilvenu ba'amalo. It will accompany you in your toil. Yemei chayav. All the days of your life that Hashem will give to you in this world because you'll be filled with a genuine happiness all day long. Real simcha. When a man learns the lesson of lo chasarta davar, that's how he finds the greatness of happiness. He finds the true happiness, the greatest happiness in what he already has. Have a wonderful Shabbos.